one of the things I, I always notice with trans people, like a lot of times they'll be head down, walking, shoulders hunched, like someone got to notice, someone got to notice. And after a while, I'm just like, you know, fuck this. And so you realize when I walk around everywhere I go, shoulders back, head up, looking forward. It's like, this is who I am. What's up, my bi's and allies? Welcome back to Bisexual Behavior. Um, for some reason, I am recording this at 9 o'clock at night, just questioning my life's choices. It's been one hell of a week, but I do have a lot in store for this month, so I do apologize for being a little late, but I promise it's worth the wait. And for those of you who are big fans of comedy, I have something really exciting. I interviewed Jay McBride, a stand-up comedian who recently opened for Amy Schumer's tour, which is super exciting. Jay is a really great comedian and um, is famously one of the first uh, trans comedians that's actually performed at Madison Square Garden, which is super awesome. Um, Jay actually talked a lot about her journey with transitioning, but more so what life is like after transitioning. And we talk a lot about stand-up comedy we talk about her dating life or I guess as she puts it lack thereof but um, the interview was really great I think that all of you will really enjoy it and will learn a lot about what it's like to you know exist after transitioning and being in the world and kind of building your own self-confidence I just think that it's a really fun story and I hope that you'll get something out of it so without further ado here's Jay McBride Jay McBride, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in a corner too, which is, I realize it's, it's like, cause everything else is just a disaster. I was gone for almost a whole week and like everything else. I'm like, let's just show as little of the apartment as possible. I mean, I'm in my closet, so. Oh, perfect. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. You know, it's just a nice get closet. a little corner. Thank right, you. Right, um, right. I'm hiding the mess, um, right, as you mentioned, right. so. <laughs> the flag. So very nice. You have two different flags there. What, what the, uh, uh very. Very uh, silvery lame sort of thing. I've got a, a curtain here, and then we've got a flag here to make it look a little bit more official. So I'm really gotcha. doing the best I can here. But um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I mentioned this to you, but I've been wanting to have you on for so long, and I finally got the courage to ask. But Jay, you are a stand-up comedian. You opened for Amy Schumer's tour. Um, yes. How, how was that? What was that experience like? Uh, well, I mean, she's such a horrible person. No, just kidding. <laughs> she's she's amazing, and the tour was absolutely. It was crazy. It was just there were some days I were like she wanted to fit in as many days as possible. So like there were a couple mm-hmm. weekends. Like like most of the time we would just travel regularly. We would fly, or sometimes we even took the train. But there were some times where there was a, a private jet. So we mm-hmm. we were in. I remember we went from Boston. We checked out of a hotel boss in Boston on, on in the morning. In the afternoon, we made it to this little casino that we drove to, and. and in Connecticut, checked into the hotel there just to, to freshen up, get ready, left after the show, flew to Philadelphia, went into a third hotel. So it was just like a nonstop, like three hotels in one day, just it was stuff like that. It was just, it was so cool though. The crowds were amazing. She's great. And, and oh, it, she's it, so it was, good. Yeah. Oh man. I, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And I saw her new stand-up special. I think that was from the same tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that she was sort of working on. And uh, it finally, like at the, mm-hmm. she recorded it at the end in LA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I and I love hearing about her like life as having a kid and being married. It's just she's so great. But that must have been a really cool experience. So well, also talking I- about like who t- no one talks about endometriosis. How crazy! I mean, it's just it, right? was, it was you know stuff like that. And like women actually deal with that. And and we were we were talking about some of the 
I don't know if it was, it was if that's what maybe it was the the um she was also like I forget what the hyperemesis is that what it was like she she mentioned where, where when she was pregnant she was just like really oh, yeah. sick all the time and we were talking about some of the like we we googled some of the cures for that and it's insane like one of them was like to um be covered in the blood of the husband who gave birth to you like stuff like weird <laughs> shit like that it, it was just yeah. like insane stuff going back and like thalidomide which was this like horrible drug in the 50s that they would prescribe that caused birth defects it's it just all these things that they just had no idea about they're like oh no it's just it's just you being you being crazy yeah right the what is it the female hysteria they always say. right 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 yeah. yeah yeah but it's it's really cool hearing about her experience with pregnancy because i feel like people don't talk about how horrible it is like you're like mm -hmm. oh it's a miracle and you're you know an angel for being able to give birth but it's like it's actually the worst from what I've heard from all my friends. I mean, I, I don't have any kids, but I've heard right, some right. horror stories of pregnancy. So it's like very nice to hear that from um, a celebrity. So, right, right. I, well, I used to work for an abortion rights group and like, they would always say mm -hmm. how, how dangerous abortion is and how people can die. It's like more people die from childbirth, you know, it's like, exactly. all these people are like, tar it's like, why, like that shouldn't be your argument, you know, because right. first of all, it's, it's like safer than aspirin, you know, it's, but whatever. When it's done safely, of course. Um, but how long have you been doing stand-up for? Uh, I started in 2009, October of 2009, or September of 2009, excuse me. So it'll, it'll be, what is that, 14 years next next oh, month? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So did yeah. you transition before you got into comedy? I did. I did. I transitioned two years before that. And things just, um, I mean, I did, I, I, when I was in seventh grade, I did like this talent show, you know, mm -hmm. stand-up at a talent show, but that doesn't really count. Um <laughs> You know, it was a small town, so it was like fourteen acts. You know, it was like it was like that. It wasn't exactly pro. Uh, it wasn't exactly like the Amy Schumer tour, but um, you worked your yeah. way up to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but then, no, I transitioned two years before that, and it was just it was just fun. It was just one of those things. Like once I once I transitioned, it felt like things were sort of like, oh, I can actually do things now. Oh, oh, it's like like such a weird weight was lifted off, and I started mm -hmm. to do things. Like I went back to school, I got a, a degree in math, and then I was like, well, I'm always like stand up. Why not try that too? While we're at it, you know, we're on a roll. And then tried it and just uh, kept with it, and and it was great. It's Wait, been so great so far. Your, knocking wood. Your plan with math. <laughs> if you were going to no do stand up, <laughs> I have no idea. Knocking wood. You see, I, I guess like I I really always wanted um, a degree in math. I, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I love math, but everyone's like. I, originally like I went to school for engineering which I hated I only did that because my dad wanted me to do engineering he's like oh you're good at math you're gonna do engineering and I was like okay and then I then I flunked out uh and, th and then I was just like it's like you know what no I, I really wanted a degree in math so then I went I went back and I, I, I actually it's amazing how much you take school seriously when you're older versus mm -hmm. when you're right out of high school seriously uh, yeah I actually like studied and did homework you know <laughs> I mean, when, when I went the first time, I remember I missed like an entire month of classes, just staying in, drinking, just doing nothing. It, it was just insane. Uh, but I, I really just love math. Yeah. That's, yeah, it, it, that's incredible because I'm literally the opposite. If somebody asks me any kind of question related to math, I just like black out. Like I just, my brain's like, I don't know what you just said. I'm not going right. to register it at all. <laughs> so. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just really always liked math. I was always good at it. And, uh, it's just one of those things. And it was like, I got to a point though, after I graduated, I'm like, well, I can either get a PhD, which means teaching at a college level, which might take years or teach in high school. And that really, that was it. That was it. There were like very few options for a math degree. So. But now you're um, doing some stand up in schools, right? Are you still yeah. doing that? 
Uh, I have, like, I haven't done it in a while. Like I haven't done a college in a while. I can't remember mm -hmm. the last time I, last time. I think I, I did a, like a zoom lecture kind of thing earlier this year, but that's about it. I haven't really done much. I mean, I don't have a problem with doing colleges. I just haven't done it in a while. Yeah. I know a lot of comics now are all like grizzly about like comics, like Seinfeld was talking about how he never wants to do colleges again. And like a lot of people, that's like, I mean, I like whatever pays the bills, I feel like it's all relative experience. Well, I mean, I think that they have this impression that everyone's like, everyone's a snowflake, you know, that sort of stuff. Oh. Like everyone's like, it's like, well, maybe they just don't want to listen to someone like their grandfather's age talk about going to the pharmacy, you know, you know, I mean, maybe that's it. So it, it's, so it's fine. I, I would definitely do it. I just haven't. And, and honestly, I've, I've been so uh, lucky with being at the cellar. I guess I've got mm -hmm. so many spots there now. It, it's just, uh, I give them pretty much full availability when they need it. So. That's awesome. And forgive my manners. I usually start out with introductions so the listeners know who we are. Um, uh -huh. But I'll start. My name's Talia. My pronouns are she, her, and I am my bisexual cis woman. Uh, what about you? Uh, Jay, uh, she, her. Yeah, boring. <laughs> 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 oh, like, I don't think it's, is it like, not, I'm more no sexual, you know, not asexual. I'm sort of no sexual because I just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I had a dry spell ever since Obama took office. I don't, I don't, I don't it's, know that they're, that maybe they're a coincidence. I don't want to blame him for everything, but you know, it, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I make a joke on stage how I guess, I, mm. like about, I guess, I guess I'm, I, I don't know. I guess I'm straight, but I don't have the same brand loyalty that I used to, you know, gotcha. it, it's like, like, honestly, I think, I think transitioning, you just sort of like, like so many people when they transition, like I'm growing up in this ex extremely heteronormative, like mm -hmm. environment when you transition, like, Oh wait, I guess I don't have to be straight you know that's <laughs> honestly, true right and and dating like honestly got with like there 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 are very few guys who want a relationship with a trans person like there are a lot of guys who want to have sex with a trans person mm -hmm. very few want to have a relationship and, and it's like that that doesn't I, I don't see the upside in that you know um so then you get to like honestly i i, I don't know I, I would probably uh be most likely to have a relationship with another trans person that's just my my feeling but um who knows? Whatever. If it happens, it does. Otherwise, I love sitting around in my in my apartment in my underwear, just watching stupid TV shows, like watching Law and Order twenty four hours in a row. Would pure perfect. bliss. Fine, fine, fine. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I want Law and Order sexual. Just gonna ruin that. Oh, right, wait, exactly. Law and Order sexual. That's right, right. Amazing. That's it. I'm, I'm a Lenny Briscoe sexual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Relatable. One thing I usually ask guests is like, "What is your most bisexual behavior?" But I guess, what is your straightest behavior? I must know. I, I mean. I don't know. I think I think the, the most like feminine thing I do is listening to true crime podcasts. It feels like I don't, I don't know that that feels like the most on brands women's thing that I do right now. I, I, I don't know. Now, I, I feel like I'm not very honestly like I'm not very girly, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not very feminine. And I, it's I was thinking about this the other day where people like. Uh, like every every there always be like the so never go on twitter by the way anymore it, it's absolutely terrible it's, for it's trans people <laughs> it, it's it's insane but like whenever they show a a picture of a trans person it's really it's a, like a cross dress from the most like into heels and like a dress and a tight dress and a short dress and stuff i'm like i wore men's pajama bottoms for most of the last week you know i i know <laughs> i wear jeans and sneak and chuck converse most of the time i mean you and i, I just, both yeah, it, it's just like I, I think people just assume that like when when someone transitions, there's gonna do this this like insanely car grotesque caricature of a woman, and it's it's that's not. I mean, I guess there are some people who do that, mm -hmm. sure, 
Uh, just like there's some women. I mean, like Dylan Mulvaney goes over the top all the time. Yeah, right? I was going to mention but, Dylan. But I mean, Dylan also like, I mean, that's is Dylan really any different than, say, the Kardashians? You know, like, really? Yeah. And like, like the fact that some women act that way, some trans women act. That, yeah, I guess it makes sense that there should be like a, a variety. But yeah, but I'm, that's I'm really the, such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, thank you. Uh, I've been working on that one. And uh, <laughs> I mean, like the Kardashians didn't ruin Bud Light. <laughs> Oh, my <laughs> I mean, God. I, I, that is so insane. That whole thing. But I guess my both buy thing, my both straight thing is just, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the true crime podcast. I think that's a great answer. And it's really such like a stereotypical white girl thing to love. So I just <laughs> I love that. It's my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. Any anything on like there's this channel like, like that has all I think I think auction. Maybe it's auction oh, that has all yeah. these like true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a show accident, suicide or murder. And I love that show. And it's always murder. It's always murder. I love it every single time. That's all I need. That I need that like consistency in my life. I don't know what I'd do if it were you need the suicide. Murder. Yeah, I don't know if it were suicide. I I don't know. I have to stop watching. Yeah, the suicide is not great for me to watch, but I do love cult dramas and documentaries. That's oh, like yeah. that's Absolutely. my shit. I just love Absolutely. it. I, and the Nexium stuff that always gets me, especially because it's from like the capital region. Where right, you're from, right? You are yeah, you absolutely Albany. Albany five one eight. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think you were here recently for a stand-up show. I, uh, I, w- I was just up in Saratoga, which nice. is which is yeah, which is great. It was a really fun show at Uni- uh, Universal Presentation Hall or something like oh, that. Oh, Preservation so, Hall, yeah, Preservation like Hall, yeah, pre- relatively Hall. newer. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like seventy or seventy or eighty people came out for it. It was fun. Nice. So, Jay, something you mentioned beforehand is that, you know, you don't feel like you, since you've transitioned, you don't feel like you need to, like, say that you're straight or that you can kind of just fit into any role. Something I've heard from other trans people before is that they feel like their sexuality changes as they transition. Is that something that you experienced? Um, How has sexuality kind of played into your transition? Yeah, a lot of trans people, like their sexuality, especially like I've noticed a lot with trans men, like they'll transition from a very butch lesbian to a gay man, which is, it, it blows my mind. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. I love it. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I think I, when I first, like, I, I never dated guys as a guy, you know, mm-hmm. I was never a gay man. I never felt that way. I was never really attracted, but, um, but then, uh, then I transitioned. I thought like, that's right. You know, it was, it was sort of in my head. That was like the fantasy of being like fantasy is the wrong word, but that was like the, you know, pie in the sky. If I had a magic wand and could like, it's, it'd be like someone like my mom, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'd be able to have a family. I'd have a husband or whatever. I'd have a job. And, but um, then I transitioned. And it was just more like I can do whatever, you know, I, it, it was like that whole notion just seemed like that. Why? Why, why is that what you're going? You know, it was more like yeah. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to versus what I want. And, and honestly, like, like I, I, I think, um, you know, when you transition and when you see like you one, you learn empathy for other people, which is pretty, pretty amazing. I never expected that. But also, um, you do open yourself up to other things. Like you realize you, you surround yourself with people in the LGBTQ community. Like I find like, I'll, I'll find myself like looking at women like, oh, yeah, I, I can definitely date a woman now, you know, or uh, again, it's, it's just one of those things. It's just not that as important to me as as I thought it would be. Yeah, but, I don't know. No, that makes sense. And do you feel like, so, cause you tra- started transitioning in the 2000s. Have you found that since then things have been very different for trans people? I mean, cause 
from my perspective, we're seeing a lot more younger people transitioning much earlier and being out and open. And then we're also seeing a bunch of laws that are, you know, attacking trans rights. So like, I guess from your perspective, how does that look and how has it shaped over the years? Yeah, it's a weird time for sure. I mean, like Mm -hmm. in blue states, I think it's gotten much better for sure in a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, I think the the country's just become more polarized with that. I I mean, when I first, in 2000, I transitioned February of 2007 and, um, I, like at the time, like you could still fire someone if they transitioned. Like it, it was like, it was not like you were not, it was not a protected status. So, so you, someone could transition and be fired. It, it was Insane. like, yeah, yeah. Those, I mean, since then the Supreme Court has actually ruled for us, which is weird. But um, with comedy, I would go to red states and say like 2014 and I would do these red states and it was great. They, some of these people had never met a trans person and they, all they knew was that, that, that I was, doing comedy that they enjoyed and they're like oh you're actually normal you know they're, they're like I, i've only heard about trans people but i didn't know anything uh since then and since especially since the era of trump it's it just gotten very very so like w- we went from being almost like a a, a sideshow anomaly to being this uh just evil <laughs> this evil like um stereotype that i don't even know how to describe it but they look at us as almost like the villain in and the the villain that they made up in their war against cancel culture and wokeism, you know, like we're like the villain in that narrative. So in some parts of the country, it's still, it's just like, it, it's insane to me. Like, I really don't want to go to some of those States that I was more than happy to go to five years ago, six years mm-hmm. ago. It, it's just, it's just gotten, I, I mean, I, I, it is great to see kids able to transition. It's amazing. Uh, and, and like meeting some of these people who, I met someone who is, I think they're about 20 now, but they transitioned mm-hmm. as a kid. They were testifying before their state out, the state legislature as a kid. Wow. It was like, and to see them as such a happy, well-adjusted adult is pretty, pretty amazing. That's something that I never thought would be possible in, mm-hmm. in my lifetime. But again, it, it's just, the, the, it, it gets you all this hate, all this like constant, like, you know, like, like when I talked earlier about Twitter being just a fucking nightmare, it's just like all this constant, the same thing, the same memes, the same, like constant, like, like misgendering all this mm-hmm. hatred. So it's just, uh, I just deleted my account and, um, every once in a while I'll go on there and see if there's any news stories or anything. Cause I did love their trending feature, but now it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a mixed bag. So, you know, it's great to see kids. It's great to see that people are accepting in a lot of places but it's also on the flip side is that there are people who are less accepting than ever so yeah something you mentioned um that trans people tend to be villainized um and i so i think it was the documentary disclosure on netflix oh yeah Um, yeah yeah i think they talk a lot about that that a lot of trans people of media end up being the villain in some way and i feel like that just adds to that whole stereotype that trans people are villains, which is clearly not true, but how do you think that's impacted? Well, I am. I, am. I, I do murder. Yeah. I, you know, I have body well, parts in the freezer. I'm just, I'm not going to, you know, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to say I put them there. I'll take the fifth. A little no, light yeah. murder. Yeah. 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 Nothing. I mean, come on. It was, he was, he was practically dead. Um, I, if it makes you feel any better, I totally fall into the bisexuals or slutty stereotype. Like I just, oh, really? it. yeah, I'm all greedy, slutty, whatever you want to say. Sure. I'll take it. Right. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. As they should be. I mean, if, right. you're got, if you're going to be bisexual, it's like, you know, shit or get off the pot. You know, you really, exactly. you, you can't, you can't go halfway in. You got to go full, full. Got to go full in. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, no, I, I think, I, I mean, the Dylan Mulvaney thing is like a prime example of like, here, here's, 
this wasn't it wasn't like Budweiser had this national campaign to make Dylan Mulvaney the poster girl for Bud Light. It was they sent her a six pack with her face on it, and she posted on on her Instagram feed. That was it, and that was oh enough God. for some people to un, all of a sudden be like, "We're canceling Bud Light. We're never drinking Bud Light again." And, and causing them millions of dollars in damage like the same people who cl- complain that cancel culture is is like is evil are now are canceling certain brands right. and, and it's it's insane it's just it's so it's, hypocritical it's, too because yeah. it's like the way that they talk about other people they're it's only when it's benefiting them is when right. it's not an issue of course 100 percent, 100 percent. like what we do to my pillow is canceling them what they do to bud light is not you know i mean come yeah. on it's it's so stupid it, it's it's insane how do you think like the culture been for comedy and stand-up comedy um, over the past year since you've been doing it? Do you feel like overall there's more trans comedians, there's more inclusive queer spaces? I think there, I think what I'm finding now, most trans comedians seem to be, in New York anyway, uh, seem to really do a lot of queer spaces only and, and you know, things like, or they'll do a lot of like alt rooms. There are definitely a lot more. Um, I think like, because I started in Albany, I feel like I had to perform to all crowds. Yeah. You know, and I, I did. So I never had like an alt room. I had to do it for everybody. And, and rarely would I see a trans person in the crowd. Almost never. Um, mm-hmm. I think in New York, because like some crowds you can go to and it'll be 90% queer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and which is, I think, 100%. There are more trans comics, like a lot more trans comics. But I don't know that a lot of them are sort of reaching into like, the main rooms, which is fine. I think mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to do that because that's how where I where I started. But New York, you don't have to anymore. You can you can do these like other rooms. You can do these other spaces. You can and it, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I actually so because I live in Albany and there I saw a stand up show with Ashley Gavin. I, I don't know you might know her, oh, but nice. she's yeah, yeah, yeah. a she's famous. Great. Yeah, famous lesbian comedian, and she did a show in Albany at the mall because there's a venue at the mall, and uh, it was a lot of straight people there that who just went and they didn't know who Ashley Gavin was. They didn't realize they were going to like a queer show. And those people were the most into the stand-up set. It was really hilarious because like all of the queer people, they weren't like laughing as hard. They weren't like as engaging as much as the straight people. Like they were like screaming, laughing out loud. They were engaging with Ashley. It's just so funny to see like right. straight That's people awesome. be like, yeah, to really just kind of embrace queer culture. I'm seeing that a lot more now than I was before, which is really interesting. It's, I mean, I really like, I, I, I do like performing in front of straight crowds and a lot, like one of my favorite things to do is, is especially if, if there's a guy up front who looks a little uptight, mm-hmm. one of those guys who looks like maybe he won't laugh at women comedians as much as he would male comedians. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite thing in the world is to start hitting on him. It's the greatest, like no matter what, even if he gets turned off by everyone else will laugh and, and it'll just be the funniest thing. And I can just call back to it. Like, I love that. And like, just seeing like how straight people react and just some, and, and I mean, I try not to get too into, um, I guess politics or, or you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as what was me for, you know, you know, the last five years of what happened to trans people. But, um, but I can get a little bit of a message across too, which is nice. And, but then I can also poke fun of myself and 90% of my, my set is making fun of myself and my family. So <laughs> Perfect. it's fun. It's fun. Did, did you ever get a date out of doing those bits? <laughs> No, but I think I, I think I uh, a couple people didn't. I think a couple people definitely wanted to pursue it. <laughs> like, like, you know, one guy after a show would just come up to me. He's like, "Hey, 
that was really funny. And, you know, just, it just gave me like a kiss on the cheek. I was like, all right, that was, oh. that was a, that was a bit that was not intentional. <laughs> But who knows? I, I don't know. Then he's still thinking about it to this day. Probably, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, and after being, after seeing someone from the point of view of a comic as an audience member, I don't know if I could do anything after that. I don't know. It'd be weird. I, I, I can get that. I've heard other comedians saying how they feel really weird about dating somebody who's been at their stand-up set or if they've met that way, that it just feels too right, strange. Right. And I like can get that because you're pretty vulnerable on stage, like just talking about oh. really inappropriate stuff. So right. I can imagine and it's that's a, a little awkward. And it's a different power dynamic too, mm-hmm. which you have to oh, change. So. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I've heard you talk about before in like a different podcast is how dating men is kind of a shit show, especially as a trans woman. So do you want to talk about that a little bit more, especially because you mentioned that you haven't really been dating a whole lot? I guess what kind of made you want to stop a little bit? Right. Well, it's not even kind of a shit show. It's a shit show. It's 100 percent a shit show. (laughs) It's not even close. Um, And and to be fair, I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there who would like to like I, I really I hate the fact that that so like some people like to hook up. I'm just not, I'm just not a hookup kind of person. I I, I just it's not who I am. I I, I don't like I if I want to if I want to see someone I want to be someone we can hang out with and just like be assholes together. You know, like that's what I'm looking for. It's a dream. Yeah, right, right. Like just someone else to just be an asshole with. And um, I feel like most of the dating sites that I've found. I'm, and again, I'm sure this is a generalization. I'm sure there are going to be people listening to me like, I'm nothing like that. But um, it, it's a lot of people just like, like, what do you, you know, they, they want to be this whole like friends with benefits kind of thing, you know, and that's Ugh. it. And it's like, it's like, I look, I get it. You are up to like, I wish guys had the luxury of being as open sexually as women are. You know, mm-hmm. I wish they could, didn't have to hide like, like the fact how many, how many guys like a finger up the ass, but they're unwilling to say so, you know, because <laughs> they're afraid of what their friends are going to say. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. They all do. I, I don't care. They all do. They all want that, that finger in the ass. I don't care who they are. Um, <laughs> but I think guys are just prone to be like, <laughs> that, that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, it's perfect. I, I think guys are just prone to like, just hide everything that's like, like, you know, anything that's even remotely considered gay or feminine or anything like that and, and there's so much pressure on guys to do that i just wish like if, if guys could be open with saying like wow i just you, you know i don't i want to be pegged you, you know they would be so much happier instead of having yeah. to go on these 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 dating sites hiding it from their girlfriend saying like hey you want to meet in a hotel and we get you know it's like come on just 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 get pegged. I, just get pegged. Just, just get, get pegged. pegged. Right. I mean, things like, will be so much easier for you. Exactly. Exactly. Instead, they they look for a trans woman to peg them, and it's like, I, look, I, I, uh, come on. But trans just people stop. aren't just like a tool for their sexual exactly. desires. That's like, how it feels. That's one hundred percent how it feels. And, I can imagine. Right. Right. And you know, and, and some trans women will be happy to do that. Some trans women won't. You know, it's just. Uh, I just, I just not, not to hookups. So I don't blame you. I feel like, so I've heard somebody talk about how they feel the same way and they say that they're demisexual. Have you heard about demisexuality? And do you feel like that kind of falls under your spectrum a little bit? I I see people post it, but I still don't know. I, (laughs) I assume it's similar to pansexual or bisexual, but it's, I guess it's like on a spectrum of asexuality where it's like, you don't necessarily want to just jump the bones of someone you first met. You want to kind of get to know them and have like a connect, a connection before it gets gotcha. like sexual, which I feel like is just a lot of people. 
at the I end would say of the that's old fashioned. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's what I would call it. I'm definitely like that. I'm definitely old fashioned. Old fashioned Jay, love it. De- demisexual, sure. Sure. I'll take I'll take all the labels honestly. One time somebody called me a lesbian and I was like honored. I was like I wish I didn't like men honestly. Right. Yeah. So so people who are transitioning, what would you recommend for them to get started? Like what kind of what made you decide to get started mm-hmm. and what would you recommend for someone else? I mean, I I knew all along. I knew there's something wrong with me. It's like one of those like the thing for me was every day growing up growing up Catholic, I was just like, "Oh, if I pray to God, he'll wake me like I'll wake up." And you know, I I remember I was like 6 seven, I kept having these memories and, and all it was, was God. So it was like a, a six-year-old praying, being like, turn me into a little girl instead of a little boy, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. So I always knew, but when I started to think like, oh, maybe I, you know, when I started to see more trans people um, at the time, it was like a little exploitative, you know, talk shows and things like that. But I thought there's a chance, but the first thing to do for anyone who's considering transitioning, I always tell them is to see a therapist. Uh, oh, yeah. hundred percent. Like so many people now, like you can, you can get hormones online, probably like you can get pretty much anything you need to transition online. And I just say, don't do that. Just don't do it. Just go to a therapist. It helps you unpack a lot of these feelings you have. And especially, I think like there's so many, like, I don't, I wish therapists would stop treating trans men and trans women the same. I think they have this cookie cutter approach. And I think, I think if someone who was born female uh, growing up will face all sorts of different pressures that someone growing up male doesn't. And so like, Things like facing body dysmorphia, uh, having eating disorders, all these things that that like this having sexuality pushed in front of them. And I think it's just I especially wish someone who was born female really takes time to, to go into therapy and, and think about what they're doing because testosterone is just brutal. It's like yeah. it changes everything and it's so harsh. And, and, and someone transitioning male to female, pretty much everything's reversible. You know, hormones don't don't really do that that much. Uh, the the puberty blockers can be, you can stop taking puberty blockers. It, it's fine. But some going the other way, I just, it's so brutal. And it's so much. I just like, I, I would just hope they would like seek therapy, seek friends and seek a support group. And um, yeah. And just the one, the people I really feel for are the ones whose parents are, are may not be a big fan of it. You know, those, are the, those are the people I feel for. And I, I always just, I wish I could be there for them, you know, I would, yeah. and, and online, obviously I've had people reach out all the time, but, um, I just would, I just hope they, a therapy, you <laughs> find people you can trust mm-hmm. and support you. Yeah. And I'm sure that most places will have some kind of local support group at an LGBTQ center. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So I can share some resources in the show notes, but, um, thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. And what ways can you help build up your confidence? after the transition and kind of you, cause you started doing stand up after you transitioned. So what kind of helps you build up your confidence to put yourself out there after in, in life? I feel like what, what's given me confidence a little bit more, which this is kind of a, a weird thing, but um, one of the things I, I always notice with trans people, like a lot of times they'll be head down, walking shoulders hunched, like someone got to notice someone got to notice. And after a while, I'm just like, you know, fuck this. And, and so you realize when I walk, around everywhere I go, shoulders back, head up, looking forward. It's like, this is who I am. That's right. You know, it's, 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 you really have to have that sort of like that mentality in your head. Like you can't have that body language because it's, it's almost like faking it until you make it in in some sense. Oh yeah. Um, And and I feel like that, that just goes a long way. Um, And I mean, comedy, it's just like, 
I think I got the confidence just by doing it more and more. But, mm-hmm. um, but in life, I think you just, you have to get a thick skin and you have to be open and be like, you know what, this is who I am, period. Yeah. And it's not up for debate. That's right. And there's a lot of great allies out there, but what kind of, what re- or advice would you give to them for anyone who wants to support trans rights and fight against the horrible legislation that's been attacking trans folks? Uh, well, vote, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it's important. It, it, it's so important, especially, mm-hmm. but I think, I think what I tell them more than anything else, uh, local elections, especially in red states are just as important. People don't realize that like, like local elections, small elections, that's how people, all these state houses are getting these laws passed. Mm-hmm. And that's how people are getting these um, people into the house of representatives. Like, so I would say like when, when you get politically active, look at local elections first. Um, yeah. That's, that, that's the main, the number one thing I would say. You're so right. Um, I'm going to transition the conversation a little bit. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't want to get Was that too a pun? Over... Was that a pun? <laughs> I didn't mean it to be, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really appreciate you sharing that story because I didn't want to necessarily get too political, but it's hard not to when you're talking about, you know, our rights and just how being able to to like go to the bathroom to the women's bathroom and not have to deal with somebody like arresting you. You know what I mean? So, right, right. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that, but yeah. um, one and, thing and, that, and, and one thing, another thing, like, I'm yeah. sorry to keep going to politics. One thing you'll find is like abortion rights and trans rights are pretty much interlinked. Like we're pretty right. much, a, 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 it's a, a, the Venn diagram would be a perfect circle. You know, it's not, it's not even close. Some of these, when I was on tour with this abortion rights group, um, we would go to these small clinics and some of the towns, this was the only place people could go for things like prep or for like trans care or, um, mm-hmm. yet, you know, for AIDS treatment. So it's like, it, it's like, we're in this together. You know, I don't think people think about that though. They're not right. thinking about how that kind of ties together. And also men can get pregnant too. So, it, you know, there, there's a lot that falls into it. And I feel like it's all just trying to control just anything that isn't considered the straight classic white man, you know? So, right, right. Um, yeah, so it really does play into a lot of it. That's really um, interesting to think about. But um, one thing that I do in the podcast is I have a shared on Reddit uh, se- uh, segment. So basically, I'll read something I found on the bisexual Reddit, and then we discuss it. And I have a cool. really chaotic one. And I hope you're ready. All right. So, all right. All right. So, um, so the title is, what do I do when I l- want to look at boobs, which is a quote from the original poster's boyfriend. So, <laughs> so let's get started. Um, My boyfriend and I have been dating for nearly six months now. Around the two-month mark, I started to feel suspicious of him. During the day, he stopped responding to my messages and would get back to me hours later, responding with, sorry, I was just waking up from a nap. This suspicion grew into doubt, and I found myself checking his phone while he slept. And I know that's a bad thing to do. We discussed this. What I found was nothing I could have ever been prepared for. What do you think it is? Oh, God. Is it pictures of other women's boobs? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. His iCloud was full of nearly 100,000 saved photos and videos of porn. The collection was extensive and it was organized in files with different titles and such, such as folders with BBC, personal nudies. <laughs> I love that it's nudies and not just nudes, of which were included 20 women from his high school and nude pictures without their consent, which is like it's illegal and fucked up. Um, also included was um, pictures of all his exes nudes as well, which I explicitly had discussed I would not be okay with prior to getting into the relationship with him. 
So just to be clear, this person who's submitting it is a gay man who's with a bisexual man. So, you know, for context. So I'll continue. It's a little bit longer. Um, Beyond the porn collection that he kept private, he also had a very public porn life. He has a Reddit account where he actively posted his and other nudes in different subreddits, as well as jerk buds, which he would jack off with them over the phone while watching porn together every night while we were together. So they were together when this was happening. Anyways, um, he had a Twitter account in which he posted his own nudes and had a small following which he actively interacted with, which is great for Twitter because now it's becoming like a porn website, essentially, with the new X branding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He also had a private Discord to send nudes on and a uh, private TikTok full of videos and followed tens of thousands of porn accounts on Instagram. Um, I'm going to skip a paragraph just because it's like so incredibly long, but I'll move on to the last section here. Today, he promised not to watch porn or engage in that behavior. I think this was a good step forward for him, as the only way I would see myself getting better is eliminating porn completely. However, yesterday he asked me, so what am I supposed to do when I want to see a pair of boobs? (laughs) He told me he was not watching porn and not acting on those desires, but he would be suppressing his bisexuality and denying himself of who he is. Is he using his sexuality as an excuse for bad behavior, or is this something I could truly be taking into account? I need genuine advice. I told him that these desires are not sexuality, but a manifestation of his addiction. And the constant desire to look at boobs is not what it means for him to be bisexual. So, um, what do you think? Uh, he's not going to stop looking at boobs. He's not no. going to stop looking at porn. <laughs> and, and part of it's like, like I mean, God almighty. Like, I, yeah, it's not going to work. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not going to work. You're it's gonna not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I brought this up is because I think that porn is a really good way to explore your bisexuality, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in a monogamous relationship with another person. But especially if one of them's bi and you're, you know, yeah. Exactly. But I think that it can be taken too far. And that's where it gets like illegal because he's sharing pictures of other people without consent. So, like, that's majorly fucked up. Yeah. Um, and also the excuse of like, well, I need to look at boobs. It's just the whole thing is weird. It's just not going to work out. But I guess from my perspective, I think it's like totally fine to look at porn. And maybe you can like get your partner involved in it and watch porn together. But I guess at the same time, if it's two men and one guy wants to look at women and the other guy wouldn't, then that could be hard. I, I don't understand the need to save these pictures either. No, there's no need. I don't need to say the personal nudies. (laughs) Like I'm never, I'm never at a CVS and I see someone, someone like I was at Trader Joe's today and sometimes people wear exercise equipment and sometimes it's cold. And I thought, wow, that woman is freezing because her nipples are pointing out. But I never, I never thought I really need to take a picture of this because this is, I need to look at this tomorrow too. Yeah. I never, (laughs) never in a million years with and it's i get it okay fine boobs are great boobs are wonderful you know they're amazing a nice pair of boobs is great but come on stop it probably just google boobs and see that you could google boobs yeah there's so many ways to see boobs i mean you could go on janelle monet's account and see her boobs which is yes incredible so you You know there's yeah i mean if you're amish and this is you know, maybe that's when you would save a picture of boobs or a painting of maybe like a little wood press, wood cutting of boobs, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I, I don't, oh God, he seems like, A, he seems like a creep. Yeah. Uh, also, I think you're asking too much to tell him to stop watching porn. Yeah. That's my advice. If he has a porn addiction, he's going to have to figure that out on himself. But at the end of the day, like watching porn isn't a bad thing, but I guess, you know, yeah. there's also the non-ethical porn so that can be kind of an issue. 
But this poor person needs to dump their boyfriend is what it yes. sounds like to me. 100%. 100%. 100%. And I assume every relationship is doomed. So I'm going to say <laughs> vote with my gut here and say this one is also doomed. And you need to move on. That's right. If if the gut, if you're posting to um, Reddit asking about your relationship, it's doomed for right. sure. Right. I, and honestly, like I would say, like, did, did this person watch porn all along? Because you're not going to change someone like that's this trap. No. Everyone seems to fall into like, oh, I need to change their behavior. Like, that's who they are. Like you can. And isn't yeah. this guy watching porn? Like, I feel like everyone watches porn at a certain yeah. point when somebody's like, oh, I don't watch porn. I'm like, you're either lying or you just like consume it in a right. different way that you don't understand, like whether you're reading like Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever it is. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. What would you do if you found out a guy you were dating was posting his own nudes on Reddit? Um, <laughs> I, I, I probably wouldn't care, quite honestly. I, I don't know. I, I really don't think I would. I, I really don't think I would. And especially like, I, like if I were dating someone who was bi, I'd be like, all right. Like, like I, I'd be like, go ahead, knock yourself out. Like, I want to be alone. You know, I, I'd be <laughs> fine. Like, like I could be a sister wife. You know, I'd be like, all right, that's it. I only deal with you on Tuesdays. Every other day you leave me alone. Like I could do that. Perfect. I could do that. Yeah. Jay, are your DMs open? I feel like people are going to be interested in this. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're from Utah and looking for a sister wife who's, you know, let me know. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. Is there of anything course. that you would like to plug? Well, I, I released my album earlier this year and my special earlier this year. Sorry. I don't know why people call it an album. It's not like anyone has a vinyl pressing of it. Um, well, it's on, on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube, Spotify. It's called Daddy's Girl, and check it out. And I listen to it. It's really good. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. But um, And thank you again for joining. Was there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience that you want listeners to know? No, I'm boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're That's not all boring. I got. <laughs> you I toured am. with Amy I Schumer. Pride myself. I pride myself on being boring. Hey, I'm going to stare at the wall after this, so I get you. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Hey listeners, I've got some exciting news. Bisexual Behavior is expanding to have more listener-contributed episodes, and we want to share your story on the podcast. Amplifying queer voices is a big part of the podcast, and our work wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Interested? You can apply to be a podcast guest, ask a question, or submit to have your story read on air. Get started at bisexualbehavior.com or click the link in our show notes. And I did, in fact, stare at a wall after that interview. Um, I think it's kind of funny because a lot of people assume that I'm extroverted, but really I, I only have small bursts of when I can be extroverted and socialize with people and then after I have to like recharge. So um, that's the one thing that's funny about having a podcast and talking to so many people is that I just like need so much resting time. But um, thank you so much to Jay for joining on the podcast. I'm Again, I really had so much fun talking to her. And you can, um, of course, follow Jay on all the social medias and see and um, listen to her stand-up special on Spotify, Daddy's Girl. Um, highly recommend. And if you want to support the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram um, at bisexualbehavior. Um, you can also follow me at talia.tatiana. Um, I'm also on TikTok, the same username. Um, and please, you know, it's really important that you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and Spotify. That really helps get the podcast out there for people. And um, I actually launched a brand new website. You can see it at bisexualbehavior.com. Um, so yeah, if you want to support again, rate and review and subscribe and share the podcast. But thank you again for listening and we will see you shortly.
Okay, bye.